one of the most powerful three letters I have heard about, seen, witnessed in the last 10 years. Ooh, this is going to be an interesting one. This is going to be a very spicy episode. I got some hot takes for you. Uh, but DEI, I know everybody has heard about it, but essentially diversity, equity, and inclusion. go ahead and jump right in. DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Man, that, those are three letters that, that really cause a lot of discussions, really brings, I, I think, a lot of thought to the table. Um, here, here's some stats for you. Uh, roughly about $8 billion is spent annually on DEI. Uh, and, that, and that's according to an article out of Forbes, uh, who's quoting a consultant firm, uh, McKinsey. And so this was uh, published back in May 16th, uh, 2023. So just a few months ago, about $8 billion is being spent annually across firms every year on diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's a lot of money. Question is, is it bang for the buck? Are we getting what we think we need to be getting out of it? Is it successful? Those are all things that are kind of up for debate. Um, my personal opinion, I think we attack it a little bit wrong. I think a lot of organizations are focused in on it, which I think, I, I, I really don't think that anybody can sit there and say that have is, having a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion is a bad thing. Um, but I do think that we go about it kind of poorly. I think we go about it in a way that is trying to make it look good for magazine articles, trying to make it look good for the organization, but really are we promoting change? Are we actually implementing change? Are those things actually successful? Um, and so from there, you know, it's it's one of those things where I have a pretty large problem with, with how DEI is actually implemented. Uh, with it or organizations, but more specifically, not necessarily on recruiting practices, but on the training side of it. Uh, the training side of this is really where it gets interesting to me. I, I've done a lot of research on what does it take to be, you know, a DEI expert, and it, it's such a new industry, it's such a new area that really you can go out and take a certification course, cost between five hundred and thousand dollars. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, you're now a DEI expert. Um, that's 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 a disservice. That's that's falsehood. Uh, and quite honestly, that makes me really angry. Um, and, and the reason why is when you think about DEI and you think about this diversity concept, and you think about um, inclusion and making sure that people are being uh, considered, not for their skin color, not for their race, nationality, creed, but for their skills that they're bringing to the table, you really need experts leading the, leading the charge. You need people that have spent years and years dedicated to understanding the human psyche, understanding the things that make people tick, understanding what it is that, that makes people 
view things in a certain lens. I, I got to be honest. I mean, I took one of these classes. I, you know, I went out there and I was I was auditing it, and uh, it was a joke. It, you could sit there and watch a a twenty minute video, take a quick little quiz, and you know, write a little piece of paper, and then lo and behold, now I'd be considered an expert in DEI. I, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I've even sat in a training conducted by individuals who have gone through and they're, they're DEI experts, right? And I'm, I'm air quoting that even though you guys can't see it. But, like, man, there are so many things that go wrong in these trainings that it, it really can make national news, just like the Coca-Cola DEI training that happened a, uh, a few years ago. Like, that, that made national news. And it's because of the way the so-called experts are presenting this information and bringing it to the masses because not only are you trying to be a champion of DEI, you also have to take into account the the folks that are already in your organization. So, uh, for instance, if these are already established organizations, you got to take into account the, the individuals that are already there and how are we going to bring the concepts of DEI and how are we going to change the hearts and minds of people and, and have... Uh, the focus in on making sure that we are looking at the individuals uh, that are going to that we're trying to bring into an organization or we're trying to put into positions. How are we going to look at them from the mindset of hey, let's look at their skill sets. Let's see if they're the best response, you know, best person to fit in here. Is it the right you know building block for my organization, regardless of race, nationality, creed, all of those things. And so what what is interesting to me is that while we're spending $8 billion, we're also stating, like there's a, there's a survey that was done by LinkedIn that 76% of jobs, job seekers said diversity was important. We have, you know, roughly 50%, 56% of a workforce, according to, Pew Research, uh, 56% say that DEI at work is a good thing, right? So I don't think anybody can argue that it's a bad thing, DEI. Like, I, I just, you can't make that argument. But what you can make is how are we make the argument against is how are we presenting it? How are we delivering the content? How are we actually implementing the concepts of DEI in our organizations? And are we being truly successful? Are we actually, is the money that we're putting in to this program really producing results? And so here's my hot take on that. Uh, no, the answer is no. It is not producing the right results that we want. Part of that, a large part of that is due to the standard in which we hold our leadership uh, accountable regarding who we have in place leading the charge on DEI. And for me, if, and because I spent a lot of time in, in the leadership world and I spend a lot of time talking about culture and changing organizations and how are we going to be successful and those sorts of things. You, you have to hold people to a higher standard. There, the bar has to be the highest bar that you have within the organization for something along the lines of DEI to be successful because you are talking to a wide array of people. Not everybody is going to believe in what you're trying to pitch. Not everybody is going to buy into what you are trying to sell. 
And so to be successful, you have to present it in a way that allows people to connect to it, that allows people to understand and see the value of what you're trying to accomplish. And having credentialing that is, for the lack of better words, um, just inadequate, you're doing a disservice to what we're trying to actually accomplish, right? And so I had sit in one of these, and I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I actually went and sat in one of the DEI trainings uh, hosted by a company. And this was hosted by an internal DEI expert. And that DEI expert had gone out and gotten one of the, you know, the certifications and proceeded to spend an hour talking about unconscious bias and how, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion is a, is a great thing. Uh, there was a couple problems that I had with this and I had some really big problems. They were utilizing tools and, and sources of things that were not industry standards. For instance, she spent quite a bit of time talking about ink blots. Uh, as a psychologist, um, ink blots are fun. Ink blots are great conversation starters, but they lack a certain level of validity. You cannot state that you present an ink block and two people look at it and one sees a, a hippo and the other one sees a butterfly and the one that sees a hippo is now considered you know uh, to have some sort of uh, mental diagnosis right you, you just can't do that because it, it there's no concrete evidence behind it so that was issue number one uh issue number two that i had with this is there was some baiting that was being done with it and when I say baiting, uh, there were scenarios that were presented that were painted in a way that were intentionally designed to lead people towards a certain conclusion to then, at the end of it, give you the aha, gotcha moment. Uh, yeah, you can't do that either. Um, it's leading the witness. It's it, When you talk about research, you, you don't want to lead people down a, a path to get an answer. You want to be able to try to understand, you know, what it is that makes them, you know, tick or think a certain way that they do. Having an, a, an aha gotcha moment within a training just puts a bad taste in everybody's mouths. Uh, and the people that I had talked to after this training really had mixed emotions about it. Some were angry. Some were like, eh, it's okay. Others were like, I don't really understand what we just went through. And so for me, when I look at how we're going to deliver DEI and how we're going to present it and how it's going to be implemented without the right person leading the charge and without the right people leading the charge, you're always going to have uh, a situation where it's not going to become something that becomes part of the culture. It's And what's fascinating about this is after that training, there really hasn't been a whole lot of conversations regarding that same concept within that organization. It's sort of kind of, we're just letting that just die down, right? So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of nuance to DEI. And one of the best, and here's where I can say this, DEI can be done correctly. 
uh, I went to a webinar through uh, Franklin Covey's group, and they did an amazing job. And the title of the program was called Understanding Bias to Release Potential. Phenomenal. Like, it was delivered by an expert who had experience in the field, uh, who understood what the goal of these types of trainings are, and presented it in a way that was palatable to everybody, that really set in motion, set a goal in place, and it was just, it was done really, really well. And from my perspective, that is the number one deficit that we have, is there's not really any regular regulatory components behind it. There's no checks and balances at this point around DEI and around who can get up there and teach it. I don't want somebody teaching DEI or teaching uh, biased or teaching any really concept that really kind of ties into your psychological and, and human, you know, personal components. I don't want anybody teaching me that really hasn't studied it, ha hasn't gone out and spent the time and money and effort and uh, education to become an expert. Like, I don't want to be able to go to LinkedIn and see, oh, well, you know, Billy Bob went over here and taught DEI, but last week he was a regional sales rep. Like, no, we, we, I want to have that longevity of somebody that is understanding and is connecting the dots and truly understanding that people are complex. They're incredibly complex. You cannot take a singular approach to something as deep and as thought-provoking as diversity, equity, inclusion, and just drop a 100,000-foot view of something and be like, oh, we're done, we're good. It just doesn't work that way. And so my hope for the future is that we recognize these things because the same concepts are being done to leadership training. The same concepts are being done around a host of topics where you're taking individuals who are not experts in the field and because they've got a certification or they spent you know a few hours studying something they're able to put a credential out there and now all of a sudden for some reason we believe that they are are an expert in the field and and they're not and i really i really lean on things like what they talk about in the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, and that it's 10,000 hours, right? It's a 10,000-hour rule. When you hit that point, you really have uh, all the skill sets that you know, you're going to be the master or you're going to be the highest maximum version of yourself at, at that point, right? And so when I look at how we are approaching things like DEI, how we're approaching things like leadership, some of the stuff that's out there on YouTube and, and TikTok and people are able to put their voice out there, which is great. I love that. But you have to have something that is a credential behind you. And a lot of places and a lot of times and a lot of companies just aren't doing their due diligence. And it is, it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, it, it, 
it's sad. Um, but there is a way forward, right? There is a, a path forward. And when you think about DEI, we just got to do a better job of getting the right people in place. We got to do a better job of vetting and making sure that the the people that are out there are that are presenting concepts around this are doing it with the right intentions, have the right skill sets behind them, have the right experience behind them, have the right education behind them. And then you're going to see something that is very successful uh, because it, it can be a beautiful thing. When a person is able to, or a leader is able to go into a situation and it does not matter race, nationality, or creed, you're looking for a specific set of skill sets and you find those skill sets at, at, at any walk of life, you wind up with a team that is heavily diverse and is able to outperform any other team in the organization. And the reason why is because you're bringing a level of ideas, a level of experience, and a level of sheer expertise that is unmatched and unrivaled anywhere else. And it's all because you're looking for the right pieces and the right fit. If we can get there, then DEI will be successful. Until then, it's it's going to be a very thought-provoking conversation. Um, and so with that being said, I appreciate you taking the time to to listen. Drop me, you know, drop me some information. Tell me what you thought about this episode. Uh, if you agree with it, if you don't, dis- if you disagree with it, uh, like to be able to talk through it, address it, those sorts of things. But uh, I really think that we can get there. We're just not there yet. Uh, we're, we just got a lot of a lot of things to still overcome. And so with that, I thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unskilled. And uh, come back next time.